In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who is wisdom incarnate, and came to this earth to share that wisdom with us. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we have been in the book of James now for about four weeks. And if you've noticed anything about the book of James, is that James has a tendency to get kind of, well, preachy. Doesn't he? I mean, he's always kind of telling you what to do, what not to do, how to do what you're supposed to do. And you see that he's doing that with a lot of times kind of short, pithy remarks. And the reason that he's doing that is that he's, um, he's exemplifying a biblical genre, a biblical style of literature called wisdom literature. And wisdom literature is all about getting across these things that are good for you. And really, we are kind of not sure a lot of times what wisdom actually is. I mean, when it comes right down to it, we kind of put wisdom along with faith and maybe a few other things in that sort of maybe magical fairy dust category in our brains. Where, you know, you kind of understand, you, you notice it when you see it in someone, but you don't really know what it is. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to take a look at what wisdom actually is. And it's actually not that difficult to understand on some levels. But then when you get into how it's practically applied, that's where it begins to look a little bit tough for us to get. And so essentially what wisdom is, a lot of times what people do is they take wisdom and knowledge and they they split them apart. And you've got knowledge on one hand and you have wisdom on the other hand. Knowledge is the stuff that you know. It is the fact that you know math. It is the fact that you know science. It is the fact that you know anthropology. It's all of those facts that you can kind of store away in your brain. And maybe they're able to come out every now and again when you're watching Jeopardy. But that's knowledge. It's not necessarily wisdom. What wisdom is, is actually something that is... Well, it's related, but it's not exactly knowledge. Because you see, what wisdom does is, wisdom is the understanding of how those knowledge things interact with one another. And so if you're somebody who is wise, the knowledge that is in your head is well connected as a big whole. So you understand how the math relates to the science and how the science relates to the literature and how the literature relates to history. And everything becomes this sort of big holistic thing where you understand life better because you understand the connections between things better. That's why people that go to school forever like some of your professors, they may have a lot of knowledge, but when you go to their class, you don't really necessarily get the idea that they have a lot of wisdom. And that's why how you can meet people who haven't gone to much schooling at all, and yet you notice that there's something about them where they have this wisdom. They have this ability to connect the things that they know, and that is what ends up being wisdom.
So when we jump into James, we begin to see that as he starts talking here in chapter 3. He says, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not wisdom that comes from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. And so what James is getting across there is that if you have this wisdom that it doesn't show up in these sort of, well, kind of rookie mistakes that end up creating problems for people. And that's one of the things that you'll notice about people that are wise is that they've probably learned from their mistakes. They've probably committed those mistakes, but those mistakes have become that integral part of how they put the facts in their heads together. And so they become wise and they don't do things out of selfish ambition and they don't fall into so many of these categories. And so he goes on and says what wisdom actually is. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, and good fruits, impartial and sincere. That those people that are wise... That they're able to live their lives in a way that maybe it's not complete, but at least it's more pure, more peaceable, more gentle, more open to reason, more full of mercy and good fruits, more impartial and sincere. Because the thing that happens when you start getting that wisdom is that you start to understand life in a way that is very different from just gathering facts together. And you begin to see this whole thing running together as a big whole. And you begin to understand life on a whole nother plane of interrelatedness and complexity. And it's such a beautiful thing as that grows in you, and it grows in every one of us. For some of us quicker than others, but grows in every one of us. And so what you have is that James goes into some of how this doesn't happen in us. Some of the stuff that shows that we've been, cause, we've been engaging in these rookie mistakes. So he says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? And so, rookie mistake number one, your passions are at war within you. It's not necessarily bad to have passions. It's not necessarily bad to have desires. It's not necessarily bad to say, I want to be able to do that. The problem comes in, and where you see that you're not being wise, is when those passions are leading you in two different places. And you're not sure which one is more important anymore. And so if your passions are at war within you, you suddenly come to this realization, maybe I need some wisdom. Maybe I need to figure out 
how I can gather all of my passions up together and maybe get them to go in the same direction. So rookie mistake number one in not having wisdom is that your passions are at war within you. Rookie mistake number two, you covet what you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. Sometimes the stuff that you want in order to get everything in your life going in the right direction, in order to get everything all going along together, sometimes that means that you have to say goodbye to one of those passions. That it doesn't quite fit with the rest of your life. And so you need to say, well, maybe what I need to do is I need to just kind of figure out what these things are that don't really fit me. And in order to answer that question, you have to figure out who you are. And in order to figure out who you are, well, that gets really difficult. But we'll get there today. But we're going to go through a couple more rookie mistakes. So here we go. Um, you ask and you do not receive. Be- uh, and or no, You have because you do not ask. This one I really like. This is the rookie mistake that I like to call the I will always have a chance with her as long as I never ask her to go out with me mistake. <laughs> that is that incorrect Lack of wisdom. The idea that, well, I can always fantasize about whatever this is as long as I don't actually try to chase after it. So I'm not going to ask. But then he says there's another mistake that actually happens when you do ask. He says that you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. And oddly enough, at least to us, which shows that we do not have the full wisdom of God, oddly enough, this seems to be the one that gets God the most angry. This seems to be the one, and we would probably brush this one aside in our own lack of wisdom. That we ask wrongly because we're going to spend it on ourselves. That's the one, God, that you're, you're going to get angry about? But he does. And uh, as proof of that, our lectionary has censored that from you. Uh, did, did you notice that it actually jumps over some verbiage? Um, here's why. Because God gets really angry right after, um, right after James says this. He starts talking... This is the Holy Spirit talking to you people that ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. And it is nasty. You adulterous people! Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose... It is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. But he gives us more grace. Therefore it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I have no idea why they took that out of our reading, other than maybe it made it a little bit too long. Or maybe that we don't like really hearing those angry words. But 
that those angry words come out of a wisdom of God that is such a good thing for us to know. Because those words belie the fact that the wisdom of God is that God does not ask wrongly to spend on his own passions. You see, what you find in the scriptures, what you find in the life of Jesus is that God doesn't spend on himself. In fact, what you have when Jesus comes into the world, he comes into this world as a baby, growing up in poverty, only to live a perfectly human, sinless life, which is the most difficult thing in the world. It's the reason that we can't do it, because it's just too difficult for us to be as perfect as He was. He went through all of that trouble of being perfect, so that He could one day be spit upon, beaten, and nailed to a cross, and die there. doesn't seem right. According to our wisdom, the person who lives a perfect life should be able to keep on living. Not die on a cross. But that's what Jesus did. He didn't, in His wisdom, come to this world and just give us a whole bunch of rules. But He came into this world and showed us the rule of wisdom itself. The rule of God Himself. That He does not spend on Himself, but that He spends for you. And you begin to see that wisdom when you begin to spend yourself for others. When you begin to spend yourself in worship to God, that you see the wisdom that doesn't seem to match up with the wisdom of this world. That's what Paul says. That the wisdom of this world looks at that cross and says that it's folly. But God looks to that cross and says that is the ultimate in wisdom. That I came to show you what wisdom is all about. Doing something that you couldn't do. Living to a level of wisdom that you will not attain. To show you what wisdom is all about. And so James goes on. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. If you begin to understand the wisdom of that cross, if you begin to understand the wisdom of His self-expenditure for your sake, so that you can be with Him in eternity, 
And you begin to understand that in a way that you recognize how much He spends for you every day of your life forgiving your sins. That that wisdom will cause you to be able to resist the devil. And that in that wisdom, God is drawing you closer and closer to Him. So that you don't have to rely upon your own wisdom. But that you get to have the wisdom, the understanding of how things interrelate from the one who created all things to interrelate. Amen.